If you're wondering why you should listen to me, I'm your everyday 24-year-old guy going through everyday struggles. And maybe, just maybe, you'll feel better knowing you're not alone. My name is Brandon Dennis, a nursing student living in New York. Interested in learning all that I can, I make friends with all kinds of people. Everything from music to business and fitness, I'm open to hear everything and anything. Welcome to the Unwritten Podcast. All right, all right. Welcome everyone to the Unwritten Podcast. My name is Brandon Dennis and I'm your host. And here we are for another installment for the Unwritten Podcast. Uh, This one is going to be a nice and quick one for you. Something a little bit lighter from last week's heavier topic, episode 10, uh, Toxic Masculinity. If you have not already listened to that episode, especially if you're a guy, I highly recommend listening to it. Um, It does... uh, I'd say drag maybe in that very like beginning portion. That first half is a little bit drier, but once we get to that midpoint onwards, uh, I've been told that it's a little bit moving. So I highly recommend listening to that if you are interested in hearing about toxic masculinity or if you uh, are contemplating the existence of toxic masculinity. Um, I do challenge you to listen to that. Just a little quick 30 minutes and uh, another additional video at the very end, but you only get to know what that video is if you go and listen to that episode and find out uh, by listening. Um, so I figured I would do something a little bit lighter for this week, and then we can jump into some more heavier topics for next Monday. Um, and yeah, that's really about it. So for this episode, we're going to be talking about uh, some top three lists for me. We're going to go over two top three lists. Uh, one is going to be travel destinations and the other is going to be games, very vague games. I, they're not necessarily board games, but, uh, they're not necessarily like party games or eh, they're, they're games. We'll get there when we get there. All right. So we're going to kick it off with, uh, my top three travel destinations, uh, and in, in no particular order either, uh, Thailand for number one. Uh, this country is one that's been on my bucket list for quite some time. Um, I love doing inter, uh, international traveling. So Thailand is just one of those spots that, like, I just feel like I have to go to. I feel like the culture over there is so rich. Um, the country itself is beautiful with sort all sorts of different diverse environments over there. And it's super, super cheap. Let me emphasize that it is super, super cheap to travel to Thailand. The most expensive thing that you're going to pay for is your ticket. So as long as you can cover your airfare to and from Thailand, you're, you can ball out there. You can really, really ball out there. So um, what I've heard about Thailand, since we're talking about how cheap it is, is that you can really be there for probably about like a month or so on like 500 to 600 US dollars because ev- literally everything is so cheap, whether we're talking about uh, hotel and accommodations, we're talking about tourist attractions, we're talking about food, everything over there is just relatively cheap. Um, and l- even though I put out that number of like 500 to 600 dollars um, for a month, let's just that's just like an arbitrary number I kind of throw out there. You don't need a lot of money, and obviously that number is going to vary per person because everyone's idea of a vacation or idea of traveling is totally different. Um, so that's like if you want to do hotels and resorts versus Airbnbs or couch surfing or hostels. Um, if you want to do the touristy uh, attractions versus like 
the off the beaten path type of attractions that you kind of hear from your locals and things like that. Um, it's going to, you know, your, your, your expenses are going to change depending on what you do. And that's, this is not just specific to Thailand. This is pretty much all sorts of travel, whether it's domestic, international, whenever you go somewhere, depending on what you want to do, if you want to do what is popular and what is expensive, then your trip will cost more. If you're, if you tend to lean towards more of what the locals like and what the, what isn't so necessarily popular, um, or touristy, then typically your your expenses are going to decrease. They're going to be a little bit lower. But when I say the diverse environments of Thailand, uh, I'm talking about three specific uh, ecosystems, uh, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so we have the first thing being like white sandy beaches and clear blue water. You have that over in uh, Phuket. You have that over in the Fifi Island. That's like where you would typically find like your gen, uh, like your general hotel resort that's on, you know, that's waterfront and everything. Um, you can do all sorts of great things on the water, snorkeling, all that cool stuff. Um, in addition to white sandy beaches in Phuket and Fifi Island, you have the hustle bustle of the city in Bangkok where there's incredible nightlife, there's incredible bazaars and markets and stuff like that. And then if you were to go even further north into Thailand, uh, more inland, you have like the mountains and the countryside where you have all these great temples and whatnot. And you can just kind of get to see how like the other man lives. So I'm sure... Uh, you know, you're going to find people that have a higher, uh, standard of living in the city and possibly over in, uh, Phuket and Fifi Islands where it's basically super tropical and just so aesthetically pleasing and then living up in the mountains or living out in the forest and things like that. I, I wanted to do a trip that, that kind of maps out this way just so I can get like a little, little snapshot of every part of Thailand. Cause you don't really, I guess yeah, you don't really know a country unless you've been to multiple different parts and pieces of it. Uh, going back to my my trip in Australia, uh, we covered a lot of ground in Australia, but Australia is much larger than what you think when you look at it at a map. It's it's uh, roughly the size of the United States. I think it's actually larger than the uh, than the United States, and we had only done that eastern coast. And that took us three weeks to do, but we totally didn't hit the entire West Coast. We didn't hit the outback in the center, that northern coast, uh, even some parts of that southwestern coast we didn't really hit. So um, when we're talking about certain certain countries, now granted Thailand's not the size of Australia, but I'm just saying that if you really want to understand a country that you are traveling to, you should definitely a lot more time uh, you know, where it's all good fun to go somewhere for a weekend or for an extended weekend. But if you ever have the opportunity to take a certain amount of weeks to sort of really venture into a country, I highly recommend it because it's really uh, eye opening. Uh, so, yeah, that that that's Thailand. Um, super, super cheap, super, super beautiful, great culture, has a little bit of everything there. Food over there is ranging from like one to five dollars for breakfast, lunch, dinner. Uh, I guess a good dinner is five bucks, maybe even ten bucks if you really want to ball out. But that's over there. That's a lot of money. Um, I forget the name of the currency that they use over there, but the conversion rate's actually really, really great. And um, 
the way that you can travel around, like I was saying, if I wanted to do those three different types of areas, I wanted to do uh, Phuket in the Fifi Islands, want to go to Bangkok and then go into the mountains of the countryside, let's say uh, Chiang Mai up in north. Uh, they have a bunch of airports and they have trains and all that other stuff for traveling inside of that country. So it would be relatively easy. So that's number one. Uh, number two for me is probably going to be Africa. And this is super vague because Africa is obviously not a country. Africa is an entire continent made up of multiple countries. And uh, every part of Africa is going to be very different as well. So if you were to try and compare uh, Northern Africa, where you have like Egypt to the Ivory Coast to uh, South Africa to Madagascar, all, all those places are going to differ. They have different environments. There's different cultures, different practices, different indigenous tribes and things like that. So every part of Africa is going to be a little bit different. Um, but for me, going to Africa is sort of like um, more of an intrinsic journey for me. So uh, a couple of years back, I had done the DNA Ancestry and just wanted to figure out exactly like where where do we come from like what what is exactly my 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 uh my lineage you know we, i know that i am jamaican because my parents are uh, both from jamaica but if you really go back into it slave trade and all that uh you know slaves are moved from africa down to west indies west indies up to america that triangle trade right there uh so no, we know we're from Africa, but I just wanted to know what part of Africa. And as they collect more and more DNA samples and they're able to uh, pinpoint certain genes to certain locations, they're able to give you a better sort of breakup of what your uh, what your DNA makeup is. And uh, for me, I believe it was Ghana and I want to say Benin Togo, but I, that might be incorrect. But just in general, when I go to Africa, I want to just go sort of everywhere so that I can just sort of experience Africa as a whole, just go to multiple different parts. Um, and one thing that I really want to get out of the way when we're talking about Africa is that we have been sold such a poor image of Africa. I feel like when... Africa is mentioned in any general conversation. It's always negative. It's always to think of Africa as this broken land that is extremely poor um, and that it's behind the times, that it's made up of third world countries and such. And this honestly couldn't be anything further from the truth. And this is truth. And this is not to say that Africa does not have very poor parts. That's not to say that Africa is not suffering from world hunger. Not to say that Africa is perfect or anything or that it's one of the leading countries in the world. But I feel that we have this negative connotation with Africa where it's people that live in these dirty disease infested shanty towns where there's nothing around them there's no resources but i would challenge you to go and google go to google go to google google images and look at some of the some of these places look at at i'm probably going to butcher some of these names so if you are african very very sorry i'm going to try my best but look at addis ababa in ethiopia Look at Accra, uh, Accra and Ghana. 
Look at South Africa. Look at Madagascar. Look at some of these pictures. I want you to tell me, is that what you think Africa actually looks like? Highways and skyscrapers. Blue waters. Plazas. Cars. Not to say that in these countries, in Ethiopia, in Ghana, Benin, Togo, in Congo, in Zambia, in all these other countries, in Egypt, uh, not to say that these countries don't have parts that are very poor that do have the huts and things of that nature where you do have very, very rich cultures of indigenous tribes and whatnot that live sort of a more humble lifestyle. But that's not all of Africa. Africa is not this stagnant land that that doesn't keep up with the times and such. So I just wanted to just sort of get that out of there and um, just understand that all the all these different places in Africa are just they're they're beautiful. They're rich in culture, and Africa, if we're really going to be honest, has influenced all of the world in some way, shape, or fashion. And I just feel like for me, it would be an enlightening experience to spend a couple of weeks and sort of travel through Africa, uh, North Coast, West Coast, uh, yeah, West Coast being the Ivory Coast, uh, South Africa, uh, East Coast in some areas, and I would also love to go to Madagascar. Um, If I had a solid, I mean, realistically, to cover all of Africa, you'd probably need a couple of months, but if I, I I would be happy with four weeks just hopping around. And number three for me is going to be good old New Orleans, good old NOLA. So I I realized in recent time that I do so much international traveling that I need to appreciate more domestic traveling. I don't nearly travel as much in the United States as I do outside of the United States. And so because of that, I don't know the United States as well as I think that I should. So I obviously know like the general geographic makeup of the United States, but I cannot tell you firsthand what's in every state. I can't tell you firsthand what states look like because I haven't been there. There's a very uh, small amount of different states that I have been to, and uh, Louisiana is, is not on that list. I would definitely love to go there. I would love to go to Baton Rouge. I would love to go to New Orleans. Uh, and the thing is about New Orleans that, that really interests me, it just has all the things that I just really, really love. It has great food, great Cajun food. It has such a rich, super rich history in jazz music. It's in the streets. It's in your restaurants. It's in uh, the festivals. It's everywhere. And I also hear the nightlife there is incredible. Uh, You don't get bored out there. There's always something to do in the nighttime. And honestly, with just even with just those three things right right there, when was the last thing you when was the last time you ever heard something bad about New Orleans? Probably never. And I was talking to a friend while we were at a winery and they were in New Orleans for, I think they, I think they said nine days and they said like after like day five, they were like, oh, we wanted to go home. Um, and I respect their opinions and whatnot. And I expect their, uh, 
Uh, I respect their their judgment on on you know New Orleans and whatnot, but I just feel like there's there's no way to get bored if you're doing the right things. Um, it also could have been the time of year that they were traveling. They went down there for Halloween, so how that lines up and what goes down around holidays could uh, you know obviously differ your experience. But uh, I feel like if you're looking for just once again, if you're looking for just those touristy areas. Like, yeah, you know, you're you're going to run out of things because there is sort of like a bucket list. You go on to uh, TripAdvisor or something like that, and they'll tell you, oh, here are the top 10 things you have to do when you come here. And you go and do it, and once you complete the list, you sort of have this feeling of completion. Like, okay, like, I've I've, I've done it. Like, I, I did it. Like, what what else is there to do? But I feel like if I were to go down there, I would always find something because I'm a person that loves to interact with the locals and really find out what they enjoy, trying to find the the hidden gems and finding the things that, you know, that that are just different from your conventional trip. Uh, obviously, you want to look online and do your research to find things you're going to do when you get there. But I feel like when you get there, you should expect to do things you never plan to do when you get there, because you should be constantly trying to get information from the people that are there. Uh, and also Mardi, Mardi Gras. I think that would be a really fun time if you go down there with a huge group of people. It's just a huge party, like. I tried looking up like the whole like origins of Mardi Gras and it's not to get into it, but even without understanding exactly the roots of it, I'm sure if someone, if I were to ask someone who actually lives over there in New Orleans, I would get a much better understanding that's uh, not, you know, so cryptic as what I've seen online, but it's, it's one of those things that you, that you don't get Mardi Gras anywhere else. So it, that's something that's really, really special. And also, I haven't been to any state that is technically like the South. Uh, I've been to, to Florida, but yeah, that's Florida. Uh, and I've been to Missouri, but I was only in Missouri for basic combat training for uh, the military. So I don't really count that because I didn't go anywhere. Uh, so... I would be super excited to kind of experience that uh, Southern hospitality because here in New York, people, people are jerks. They're rough around the edges. They're mean. Uh, we're, we're not as social as other people and we're not as helpful as other people because we just feel you should get everything. You should just know everything and you should just move quickly with a purpose, but it's definitely different elsewhere. So those are my my top three travel destinations right now: Thailand, Africa, and New Orleans. Um, I I love to travel, so I can talk about traveling for pretty much ever. Um, if you folks want to hear about my top five traveling tips, uh, just go over to wherever you're listening to the podcast, whatever platform you're listening to, and just give this uh, podcast a five star rating. Try to give us a comment. And also another way you can let me know uh, that you want to hear about the, your uh, my top five traveling tips is to tweet at me at Unwritten Pod on Twitter. Tweet at me at Unwritten Pod, U N W R I T T E N P O D at Unwritten Pod. Tweet at me. Make sure you drop a five star review or five star rating, and also continue to share the podcast with your friends so we can grow this community to be larger, bigger, and stronger.
So now we're going to move on to my second top three list. This is games. And these were really like general things. These were things that while I was out this past weekend, I was out east in, uh, uh, at some wineries and we were playing games while we we're drinking some wine, uh, you know, having a little charcuterie board action. It was just a lot of fun. One of these games we played, one of them we talked about, and the other one, I just, when we talk about games, I feel like you can't leave this one out of the, out of conversation. So once again, in no particular order, we have Uno and Uno is a game that unless you live under a rock, everybody knows what Uno is, but I would say I I love Uno because it's so simple. It's so easy to pick up. So in the event that you did play with someone who didn't know what Uno was, they can learn, they can learn instantly. Uh, The games are typically quick. Uh, on the box, it says that uh, the range of players could be anywhere from two to ten. You can have huge groups play this game. You could have a one v one with somebody. Uh, but I do think that the the sweet spot for for Uno is probably somewhere between like four and seven, four and eight. I feel like once you start getting into like the larger numbers, like nine and ten, if everyone's like committed, all right, sure, it can go smoothly. But you can definitely lose some people if the game is not moving fast enough with a lot of people. So I do think that four to six, four to seven is probably the the best range. That's the sweet spot for, you know, the best sort of gameplay at that point. But it's just, it's just so much fun. And it's a classic. It's a classic. You'll start fights. You'll poke at people's buttons. You'll break some friendships. But it's still so much fun. Uh, the second game that I have here on my top three list is Jenga. Jenga is the game that we took. Uh, well, I keep a bunch of games inside of my trunk because I'm just ready to play games at all times. Um, so I, so we had taken Jenga out of my trunk and we had brought it over to our table when we were drinking wine at the wineries. And it's just so much fun. It's it's this wooden block tower that just test your hand dexterity. I'm saying this as if you people don't know what Jenga is, but Jenga is just one of those games that like, there's like two ways to play Jenga. So you have like your, your first way where everyone's trying, it's like, it's like going for like longevity. Like how tall can we stack this tower and how long can we have this game last? And then the second way that you play is like, okay, I'm going to do the most amount of damage to this to this tower in order to have the person that goes after me. I'm trying to make their life as miserable as possible. I'm trying to make them mess up the tower. And just having like those two dynamics where you can kind of switch back and forth where you can kind of, all right, I'll take the easy block for now, put it on top. Or next time it goes back around, okay, I kind of want the person over to my right to have a real challenge. So let me pull this block out and make the tower nice and wild before them. Uh, Jenga's is one of those things that, I don't know, it's one of my personal favorite games because I feel like it could, you can literally play this anywhere. Yes, is it annoying to kind of clean up? Yes, but is the game incredibly fun, especially in groups? And this one, this one, uh, although it's like for group play, um, this can also, it's not for very, very large groups, I would say. So I'd say the sweet spot for this game is like three to six people. 
Um, and this could be done in a matter of teams. This could be done as like a free for all, like an individual, like every man for themselves kind of deal. Uh, you can basically split it up however you like. And this game can obviously be done in with two people, like a little one v one kind of style. Um, so this is like regular Jenga, but they also have giant Jenga where the blocks are literally the size of bricks and that is incredibly fun, especially if you are at a bar, you're uh, in someone's backyard, you have a couple drinks flowing around. It's an incredibly great time. And the last game that I have here on my top three list for games is... Monopoly. Monopoly. Oh my God. Oh my God. Monopoly. So th this one, this one's the heart wrencher. This one's the heartbreaker. This one really splits up friends, families, and everyone in between. Um, but uh, I love this game. Like the, I guess the lore about Monopoly is that it takes strategy. It takes a little bit of mischief takes a little bit of risk um and it just comes down to like how you approach it so um with monopoly you know everyone starts off with the same amount of money no one starts off with any properties and like the first go around you know everyone's just trying to collect their properties or if you play where you have to get around to go first before you can start buying properties on your second go around however you like to play in the beginning everyone's on this level playing field and it's just like okay how am I going to stack my money? How am I going to buy these properties? What properties am I looking for? Am I looking for the the orange and red? Am I looking for the brown and light blue? Am I looking for the green and yellow? Or am I looking for the big baller uh, uh, dark blue at the very end with uh, Park Place and Broadway? It's just, I don't know. I, I just love the whole thing about it. Uh, the idea that you need to kind of like build this wealth and there's going to be times where you obviously don't have any money. You can have like $10 to your name because you keep on getting hit with rent, but eventually, you know, people will laugh at you when you don't have any money, but then when you do have money, trust me, they're going to be looking at you for help and you can either choose to play the good guy or play the bad guy. Uh, I, I love making the trades and deals, um, because you have to be a little bit deceitful. You have to have a little bit of a poker face. Um, like I said, you have, to, you have to take risks. And you kind of have to think ahead. Okay, if I give this person this, where am I going to be in three turns, four turns, five turns from now? If I invest this money into these properties and get rid of these or put these on mortgage or whatever you, whatever you do or trade them away, whatever you do, uh, is this going to be the, the best scenario for me? Am I going to yield the most amount of money from this decision? And also, when you start gathering uh, these monopolies and you start to build your houses on top of them, you build your hotels on top of them, and people start landing on your properties and you start collecting this rent and you're getting this money and you start getting that hotel rent and then you just look at them. That'll be $2,800, please. 
and their face just turns ghost white or their jaw drops because now they're they're scrambling to find their money. They have to put things on mortgage to to get extra cash from the bank. And it's just the feelings unmatched. The only downside to Monopoly, in my opinion, is that you need you need time. This is not a game that, okay, it's 10 o'clock at night. Let's play Monopoly. This is something that truly needs to be planned out. Okay, hey guys, come over to my house at 3 o'clock. We're going to play Monopoly. Monopoly will last us from 4 o'clock to 7 and maybe from 4 to 7.30. And if we are moving really slow, we're taking like snack breaks and ordering food, it could go from like 4 to 8 o'clock, 4 to 8.30. The game takes time, but the reason why it takes time is because it does encompass all the strategy, the little bit of mischief, the deceit, the risk, uh, some calculating, uh, you know, it takes a lot, but I love Monopoly. So my top three games uh, for this fairly vague category are is going to be Uno, Jenga, and Monopoly in no specific order. So there you have it, folks. Uh, two of my top three lists, one for travel destinations and one for top three games. Uh, if you do want to hear about my top traveling tips, remember to rate or leave a five-star review on whatever listening platform that you listen on uh continue to leave comments continue to tweet at me at unwritten pod and continue to share the podcast with all your friends and family it really does help me out and i really do appreciate all the love and support that i have been getting since i started this thing uh and we are you know we're, we're deep in it like i said we're double digits we're over 200 listens right now and i'm just loving every moment of this So, like I said, folks, this was a little bit of a lighter episode considering the heavier topic that we had last week. And uh, just be ready for next week. Next week will be uh, another episode on Monday at 11 a.m., just like every other week. And we're getting right back into the swing of things. Uh, Things are kicking back up now that we're heading into the end of August and we're getting much closer to September. Uh, I did a little bit of shopping today. We got to start getting ready for uh, some fall weather, some sweater weather. Uh, and yeah, school, that's, that's a thing. So, uh, we'll be talking about our next topic. Talk to me on Twitter to find out what it is before this episode drops next week on Monday, and I'll catch you next time on the Unwritten Podcast.